Hey, movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 176. We're going to talk about all the things that piss us off in movies. Uh, those things that you just see happen a lot in movies. Movie cliches or tropes, whatever you want to call them. Things that just keep happening that we're like, okay, the writers clearly just did a half day at work and then filled out the rest of the time on their timesheet, whether they actually worked it or not. And just yep. decide to look up some cliches. Uh, there's a lot of them that I'm sure you're familiar with. We're not going to cover all of them. Because not all of them piss us off to the extent of some other people. Like, um, oh no, my glasses. I've lost my glasses. Um, <laughs> the one That's that, just a personality trait. The common one that I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying, eh, doesn't bother me as much as like horror movies. The car doesn't start. Like, that's what we're going to break down today of the stupid stuff that we see time and time again. Speaking of stupid stuff that we see time and time again, <laughs> that's the worst transition I've ever had. <laughs> okay. All right. Suddenly I don't feel like working today. Uh, I feel just working gonna, implies just... getting paid. Oh, that's... Oh, dang it. I demand compensation. Don't um, we yeah. all? <laughs> I'm chilling, my dude. How are you? <laughs> Oh, there's no one I'd rather do this with. Uh, let's do that. We'll, we'll make that up to Josh. Wow. I'm doing, All right. I am doing spectacularly wonderful because it is officially spoopy season now in mid-May <laughs> as Horror Nights has finally announced their first announcement of the year, which is later than usual. But yay. Uh, we've got... A lot of random news that came in, like, super late. We were going to be very light on news, but thankfully now we're very heavy on news. And, I don't know about you, Josh, but I've been watching a lot of stuff. So we've got a very packed show that's yeah. probably going to be about par for us, of slightly above average. Um, also, for the crap ton of you that have joined us recently on the podcast, thanks for checking us out. We hope you stick around, because we had a huge spike recently. But, uh, Josh, you yeah. watching anything good lately? The so last week I was pretty busy. Work has been picking up and all that malarkey. Uh, nice, nice I, malarkey. However, I love it's a great word, great word. Um, I finally and I texted you as soon as I sat down in the theater. Finally watched the unbearable weight of massive talent. My man, by God, is that a great time? Oh my gosh! Like I think the thing that I took away from it is you don't have to be a Nicolas Cage fan to enjoy it nope. you just have to enjoy like you have to like movies in general because like some of the like the very meta jokes that they make i was like but but you can't <laughs> that's literally what's happening in the scene you dummies that's so great it's just so much fun and then if you are a fan of the the cagester himself like it's just endless fun and it's just fun to watch cage being cage but also like the most cagiest cage he's ever caged uh, he's just, it's just, it's a great time, honestly. And I recommend anybody going out and see it. Also, they somehow managed to fit in a Wicker Man reference. Was yeah, it a little shoehorned in? Absolutely. But did I care? Absolutely. No. Also, they threw in a nouveau shamanic reference with Nicolas Cage and Ghost Rider. I'm going, that's amazing. And also, like I said in a review a while ago, I need more Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal movies together. They have yeah. such good chemistry. You can tell Cage is having so much fun with this movie. Uh, piggybacking perfectly off of that, uh, because of the unbearable weight of massive talent, I got inspired to watch not one, but two movies about a certain bear that I had not seen before. So Heather and I this past week watched both Paddington movies. 
Oh no. These things are freaking treasures, man. Like <laughs> All right. I will say I will have to disagree with Pedro Pascal. He seems to think the second one is like a perfect movie. I prefer the first one over the second one, but both of them are just masterpieces and prove you can still have wholesome movies, not like the dark and gritty uber realistic movies that we're seeing a lot. You can have a fully wholesome and just good movie. It's just Oh, it just warms your soul inside. It was both of them are great. Have you seen either of the Paddingtons yet? Josh? I have not. Dude. I have not, dude. It's all it's one of those things like, um I have the joke surrounding coming from the movie is that, you know, that that Paddington 2 is the one of the greatest movies of all ever made. Um so obviously I, I have been interested. I just haven't gotten around to watching them. But that's hilarious that you actually went out and watched them. Oh, yeah. they are, I've been meaning they to for a while because some people have just been like yeah, Paddington's great. The first one, like, I I genuinely think it might be impossible to hate the first Paddington, or even the second one. It, they're just that kind-hearted, like they're just ah uh, they they actually feel pretty Wes Anderson-y of Ooh. the level of whimsy and clever cinematography, but also symmetrical cinematography a lot. Um, this is gonna be the weirdest segue ever, but movies that are. A movie that was very, very similar to Paddington in so many ways uh, that came recommended by Josh, Antlers. I watched that, Rich. Oh, no, sir. I did not recommend that. <laughs> no, sir. Uh, yeah. Um, mm, I, I, so I didn't like it for those who didn't, who don't know. I, I just could. I don't think I even finished it. I, I just didn't like what they were doing at all. So, what did you think of it? So it's too long. And not long enough at the same time. Like, when the movie actually starts getting good, for me at least, is the finale. Like, everything else is supposed to be, like, I get it's supposed to be in the immortal words of the wise Josh. It's a slow burn movie, but eventually that slow burn has to produce a fire. There's no fire here. Also, it was super, super bizarre of, I'm not one of those, like, photosensitive people that, like, Mm -hmm. doesn't do well with flashing lights. But I notice how much flashing lights there are on this of just going, okay, did the director just really like the flashing red that it's produced from a police light? Because so much flashing red lights mm-hmm. in this, like, a lot, whether it's police or uh, flares in a cave. I'm going, what? what is with this dark lighting? Also, I'm no Wendigo expert. Yeah! But... I, it's not how Wendigos work. I don't think Wendigos come out of people. I think you become a Wendigo. You are not a vessel to birth a Wendigo out of you. Correct. Correct. Also, like I know we we can be hard on child actors at times, but pretty early on, I stopped caring about the main kid in this movie because he's mm-hmm. kind of an idiot that like. Nothing bad happens to the kid. Spoiler alert for people that care. Nothing bad happens to this kid. But I didn't care if good or bad things happened to him. He's just kind of... I get that he's supposed to be monotone, but there's just this disconnect. It, mm-hmm. it feels slow. The gore is very good. The practical effects, when the Wendigo eventually does show up, I like the Wendigo design. But it, I love the trailers a whole heck of a lot more than I like the movie yeah. itself. The trailer's great. Yeah. And like the domestic abuse, like okay, that was not as much of it. That wasn't as much of a factor as I thought when you brought it up. I mean, that's fair, but it 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 kind of like 
I don't know how to describe it. For it, the characters that are involved with that, it did seem unnecessary because it yeah. it's using flashback scenes for certain characters. I'm going, but, but but why is this here, so to speak? It, it felt like they were trying to compare the relationship of a domestic domestic abuse or father patriarchal abuse to the abuse of like what happens when you turn into a Wendigo, and that just felt. I, it, it feels off because that's not how the Wendigo, the Wendigo works. So it's, it's just, yeah, I don't know. It was fine. What so what uh, what else did you watch this week? Because you said you watched a lot of stuff. Uh, I started watching Creep Show on Shutter, and okay. I'm sure I'll get around. I'll get around to it. But I was just, I was just messing with my tablet, and my phone, so I wasn't fully paying attention. It was kooky. I like the sh- the new Creep Show TV show on Shutter. Um, probably this time next week. Because I'm really curious about the reviews that are coming out. I will probably watch that Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie. Because supposedly that is getting phenomenal reviews. And are supposedly... Yeah. Supposedly it's wicked funny and it's pretty well written. Okay. Here's here's the hook for Josh to see Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Oh, okay. Sure. It's directed by the same guy that did Hot Rod. (sighs) Okay. Yes. The Lonely Uh, Island guys. Yeah. Okay. I'm... Uh, mm. see okay but like i've watched the trailer and they're it's just so confused the trailer is confusing it does not explain anything i don't know it's we'll see what happens i mm, i'm not going to promise anything because i wanted to see northman in theaters and i'm probably going to see it tonight but like i i take forever to see movies so who knows wow northman really this late at night i know it's (laughs) it's not a short movie dude I have no. I don't go until five tomorrow. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you talked about the Chippendale Rescue Rangers trailer. Let's talk about another Disney-related trailer with the She-Hulk trailer just dropped about an hour or so before we started recording this. And boy, do we have some thoughts on this. Um, I've been very <laughs> curious about the intro of She-Hulk as a character in the MCU. I am familiar enough with the character, but it, she's not like. Oh, this is my encyclopedic knowledge character, like Nightwing yeah. or Spider-Man or Batman. Like, I'm familiar with her. I know, like a lot of other Marvel fans, about a Wikipedia's amount, uh, Wikipedia pages amount. So I was kind of on the fence when it came to the She-Hulk TV series. It very much would come down to that first trailer of like, okay, what am I thinking of this? And after seeing this trailer. I don't think it's for me, but that's okay. We've said this many times about Supergirl. Supergirl is not for me, but if it gets some other people into the comic book genre, awesome. But whether the show is for you or not, can we all agree? What the heck did Marvel do with this CGI? Oh my gosh. Like, there's been times that Marvel has had some sketchy CGI, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness being the most glaring yes. one of recent memory, but by and large, they've got passable CG, especially lately when it comes to Hulk. Like, Professor yeah. Hulk looks pretty good in Endgame, and he looks pretty good on this show here. Mm-hmm. But when we get to Jennifer Walter, She-Hulk, something is uncanny valley there. It doesn't... Maybe her face is too smooth, whereas... Professor Hulk has like a little bit of stubble. Maybe that's what it is. Um, yeah. Maybe the facial features, like the eyes and nose, are just slightly out of alignment, which could throw everything off, a la Will Smith's genie and Aladdin. 
I don't know what it is, but something about it just seemed off. Also, I want to float it over to you. In this trailer, at least for me, I got the sense that she's able to switch between Jennifer Walters and She-Hulk. Did you get the same impression from this? I did. Yeah, no, I absolutely did. Why is that weird, Josh? Because, well, in the comics, at least, again, not experts here, like, to my understanding, She-Hulk is permanent. Like, it's a permanent switch. So, uh, that's just weird. And it's also hard because the trailer doesn't seem like it, it wants, it can decide if she's permanent or not either. Because, like, it's at first, she's like, yeah, you can go back and forth. And then by the end, it's kind of like, yeah, no, I'm stuck in this body, and now I have to date in my 30s as She-Hulk. Which is, like, seems like an odd choice, but okay. So, what you're saying is, if you want to date She-Hulk, you have to be a little bit of a daredevil. So, anyway. um, I bring that uh, up. (laughs) I bring that up. Because this trailer first debuted at the Disney Upfronts. You know who else was at the Disney Upfronts? A certain uh, Dr. Cox, better known as Charlie Cox, which in the comics, Daredevil and She-Hulk have dated and are also attorneys at law. Do you think Daredevil will show up in this show? Uh, sure, why not? I mean, apparently we can only have him show, show up in, sh- in things and not actually do anything, so. So, okay. <laughs> if you had to, If you had to put money on it, who do you think, what show do you think is more likely to feature Daredevil first? She-Hulk or the upcoming Echo series, which is a spinoff of Hawkeye? Most because of the involvement of, of Kingpin, I want to say Echo. I honestly want to say Echo is, feels more likely, but just because that's a world that's already technically connected to him. Um but I, I just I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up in She-Hulk. I just don't know if they're gonna date. How weird is that gonna be? Like, if that's your first interaction with Daredevil, is that's somebody who happens to date She-Hulk? Like, that's your first interaction with them. That's 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 uh, kind of weird. I don't think that'll be a lot of people's first interaction with Daredevil um, because I, there was this movie that came out a few months ago. I don't know if you remember it. It was called No Way Home. It did okay at the box office. Nah, nah. It was the, I heard it was a crappy movie. And I actually. think people. Um, I think people remember or at least could piece together that, oh, hey, that dude that's holding the snow globe is Daredevil. That Then that snow globe got turned into a brick, and so his hand doesn't quite cover it. I'm not letting that go. <laughs> I mean, I know, but, like, we don't spend a whole lot of time with him. And if, I think if he shows up in She-Hulk, we're going to spend a decent amount of time with him. So I I don't know, man. It, it, I think it could go out any, any way. Um I personally was not that impressed by this, but then again, I don't know if I'm the target demographic, but I think the main thing that just doesn't make me impressed by it is like the trailers cut weird. It is. It isn't very clear. And the CGI looks a little off. I will say though, I think this movie will be important going forward because we've been setting up some pieces for like the anti Avengers or mm-hmm. the Thunderbolts, if you will, with like Captain America and the winner, not Captain America and winter soldier, Falcon and winter soldier setting up John Walker. Um, mm-hmm. Yelena's still out there. She could be on either team. There have been some ideas floated around and I totally buy it. Cause it would make a lot of sense of 
We bring back in Thunderbolt Ross. I don't know if he filmed his stuff before that actor passed away, whether they would recast him or not. They could bring in Red Hulk. Mm-hmm. As the lead, that's I one of the big that. missing pieces of the Thunderbolts. Now, we're in an unfortunate situation that William Hurt recently passed away. So, do we recast him or do we do um, Red Hulk is purely CGI and we just get a different voice actor and physical model for him to be based off of? Yeah. Um, but I can see the show know. introducing Red Hulk. We get Abomination in the trailer and they've already confirmed mm-hmm. that Wong will be on the show because he's buddies with Abomination they're, they're now. Best- yeah, they're best friends. <laughs> and th- which kind of makes me want to have like a ca- see Wong uh bring in bring like Abomination over with uh karaoke adventures with with Shang. That would Shang-Chi, that would just be so fun. I don't want her to date Daredevil. I kind of want her to date Shang-Chi. <laughs> Let's go. Because that's kind of the running joke with Shang-Chi is what are you going to find someone to settle down? I would love it if he comes home to his family with She-Hulk and they'll be like, well, it's not the worst option out there. And Katie will be like, I'm right here. <laughs> sure. Sure. Let's go for it. <laughs> Why not? What could possibly go wrong? So a trailer that I'm actually kind of sad is not getting more attention, but at the same time, I completely understand why it is not, is the upcoming Predator movie, Prey. Now, I'm a little disappointed because I thought this movie was coming to theaters, and maybe it was just me being out of loop, but no, this movie is debuting on Hulu. So they kind of just out of nowhere dropped this like 30-second teaser for this movie, called prey and i'll be honest i wish it was longer but i also think it's the perfect length because my only nitpick is when it shows like the overhead shot of the woods and it says from the director of 10 cloverfield lane how the letters float into frame and out of it looked a little weird like the motion tracking did not fit the motion of the trees but that's my super analytical brain but the rest of it is a picture-perfect teaser trailer in show just enough, but not too much. Like, interesting cinematography. You immediately get the um, idea. Even if it didn't show the Predator um, bullseye on the one character's head, I would still be interested in this because they set up enough interesting tension there of like, okay, clearly there's something out there that's hunting them. But then they do the, the Predator noise with the... Mm-hmm. not x-ray but infrared on her head with a laser sight just cuts to black and going okay i was on the fence about this predator movie before but i've always thought the premise was interesting now seeing how it's going to go off i'm on board my only reservation is this is on hulu and that kind of sucks <laughs> but we've spoken many times before how much we really love 10 cloverfield lane so I trust Dan Trachtenberg. Have I forgiven him for leaving the Uncharted movie? No, I really have not. But then again, <laughs> if I was to blame all the directors that left the Uncharted movie over time, I'd basically be pissed at every director in Hollywood. Um, so I think this has a lot of potential. I wish the trailer was longer, but I bet we'll get a full-length trailer soon. I also might be a little bit worried, just because... I think this is a movie supposed to come out in July, and this is the first marketing we've seen for it at all. But given that it's on streaming, maybe they don't want to yeah. invest too much. 
But it's yeah, it's on Hulu and it's not live sports, so they're not going to drop any ad campaign on it. Hulu does love <laughs> them some live sports advertising. They sure do, even though it's terrible viewing. Anyway, um, because I had it at one point and it was like this is like you can't watch anything at all unless it's it's the same thing as as cable. Like if you, if it's not available in your area, good luck. So yeah. Anyway, that's I have a whole rant against Hulu, but I will, we won't do that here. Um. That be, the trailer is interesting. Um, I love the idea from I I don't know much about this movie, but the idea that I'm getting from the trailer is that you know there's a predator going after Native Americans in the guess. 1700s. Yeah. Okay. I'm down. Sure. Absolutely. Um, also, ten the ten Cloverfield Lane was like, yeah, dude. Okay. Yeah. The, the the amount of tension building in that movie, and then being able to take the wacko premise at the end of like oh yeah no no the alien invasion is real um and not dropping that ball was pretty impressive so i i'm down sure like you said it's the it's the perfect length it's not too long it's not uh too short it's just it's just nice and best of all since it's the director of 10 cloverfield lane john goodman will be the predator this time around Bro, say less. <laughs> How terrifying would that be? Like, cause John Goodman's like six four or something. Like, he's a tall dude. It's just him. No, he's just him in the predator costume. Like, clearly does not fit into it. Just hanging in a tree. <laughs> John Goodman hunt. John Goodman <laughs> find. John Goodman devour. Like. <laughs> And they like go like all uh, it on his mouth, and like it opens up into the predator mouth. Like, <laughs> you want to no. know what happened to Mike Wazowski? <laughs> <laughs> that was one Wazowski with one delicious eye. Get out of here! You are but one person with two delicious eyes. Um, <laughs> geez, this is going dude. off the rails. This is. I'm so, also concerned. The... I'm also concerned about this movie. Because let's not forget the last Predator movie with Shane Black in 2018, 2019, that, let's be honest, not a lot of people liked. I didn't think it was the worst movie out there, but I can clearly see the issues with it. I'm wondering if they're hiding this movie and putting it on Hulu to kind of test the waters with the Predator franchise again. I'm just like, are people burnt out with this? Maybe they view a safer bet to put it on Hulu as opposed to in theaters when people are like, well, didn't we just get a bad Predator movie? I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping that's the case and not we don't have faith in this so we'll just slap it on streaming because I, I want them to do good things with Predator and Alien. But th- to be fair, yeah. this this is something vastly different from for Predator of a completely different time yeah. period, different group of people that it's hunting um again i like the trend though that the predator has his laser sights locked on the of the two people that we see in the trailer the one that actually is holding a weapon so that's accurate for predator i love that concept of it doesn't attack you if you don't have anything to fight it with because it's it wants to be the best like no one was before um let's just go down that rabbit hole of a predator is just a miss it's just a mutated pokemon that never got captured no he's uh he's a pokemon master but like he gets so obsessed with fighting he's like bro why do i need pokemon when i all of them can can just catch these hands (laughs) and then every human that he kills he just shoves the body into a little pokeball like ah 
yes! It's just like, doesn't even fit. He's just, trophy for my wall. It looks nice. But I, I will always be at least slightly intrigued by a Predator movie. I like the Predator franchise more than Alien, actually. Um, yeah. Josh and I both liked the Predators movie with Adrian Brody and yeah. Danny Trejo from a few years ago. Well, over 10 years ago now. Uh, I would have liked a continuation of that, but I don't know if that was profitable enough. So, fingers crossed this does well, because yeah. I, I, I want a good Predator movie that's pretty well received. Now it's time to move on to Josh's favorite topic that we're going to talk about today. <sighs> Scream. Josh's favorite franchise of all time, especially yeah. with the new one coming out. He was just all on board. Josh, I don't even think you've seen the new Scream, have you? I I have not seen the new Scream, and nor do I have any desire to see the new Scream. I saw the new Scream. If you saw the original Scream, you've seen the new Scream, too. Just say that. However, I'm still looking forward to this new Scream. Scream 6, or are they going to call this one Scream 2? 2? That would be great if they called this Scream 2, comma, T-O-O, Scream 2, 2, just to be super meta with it. Actually, you know, do something clever with your meta commentary this time instead of reusing material from the first movie. I'm sorry, it's not that bad, but it's also not as original as people were claiming it to be. I was mildly interested in the new one. I'm incredibly interested in it now because returning character Kirby played by Hayden Pantier from Scream 4, is coming back. My only concern is, is she coming back to be Drew Barrymore, or is she coming back to be Nev Campbell? Because there's a big difference. If you bring back a fan-favorite character just to kill her off in the first five minutes, we will call you Jamie Lee Curtis, a Halloween resurrection, or Drew Barrymore in the original Scream, I hope this isn't the case, because this is a big deal. Because in Scream 4, she gets stabbed in the gut, and many people assume that she was dead, because when you get stabbed in Scream, you die. That's how life works. If you get stabbed, you die. However, the director of Scream, uh, Wes Craven, openly stated that if he was ever going to make sequels, he would have brought back Kirby and said that she was still alive. Well... Unfortunately, Wes Craven passed away, but I'm glad that the people making the new screams are like, okay, we'll honor that. We see that fans are big, are really responding to uh, the Kirby character. She was, quote-unquote, killed off in a way that's not impossible to bring her back. Just give her some stitches, some morphine. She's fine. Um, (laughs) You know, like a certain other character that fans are really requesting now come back, that his death may not have been totally definitive and obviously i'm talking about matthew lillard um he only got a tv dropped on him fans are still clamoring for Stu to come back lean into the shaggy memes on that one please you know you want to which quick aside about shaggy josh did you see that trailer for that new game that's coming out let's go baby all hail uh, the overlord shaggy my dude like yeah that game looks like it's gonna be a blast and a half Um, and then the end of that all right you're with me i genuinely squeal with delight i'm like okay i don't normally sign up for open betas i'm gonna sign up for this open beta because uh but getting back to hayden pantier this is super cool do i think a lot of it's 
a lot is going to come out of this. I hope so, but I don't know. I hope it's not one of those kill her off in the opening or kill her halfway through. I am curious about what direction they will take this new screen because they've said from the get-go, this. yes, we set the other one in Woodsboro to be a nice bridging of the new cast and the old cast. They're going to set this one in Canada, not like film it in Canada and claim it's Cleveland like most movies do for budgetary hey. reasons. No, they're filming in Canada and it's set in Canada. I'm going, oh, you really don't have a big budget this time around. Okay. Um, so cool. You're getting out of, it's like a Halloween movie, not set in Haddonfield. That's a good idea. Every once in a while, I'm curious to see where you go with it. My big thing with Scream though, is I kind of want to like, or get more invested in the main characters this time around. There are certain characters that when I saw they're coming back, I'm going, oh yeah, you were still alive at the end of the last one. (laughs) <laughs> can you be the opening kill this time just for shock value and also I didn't think you were a particularly good character better yet can Hayden Panettiere be the killer this time around no she's the cheerleader <laughs> that's going to kill you all no if, if we've no- learned anything from the Scream franchise it's that interesting storytelling is not important we're just here to, to uh you know, say things about the about the horror industry. We don't actually have a point here. You can take quote unquote risks, but not yes. too big of risks. Like none of the original main characters can ever be Ghostface, even though that would have been a really cool twist. That would have been great for the new movies. Still think Courtney Cox should have been the murderer at least one of these times, or Dewey, because I've seen scary movie too many times. That great idea got stuck in my head that Dewey would have been a great murderer and scream. It might have actually been the one behind it all to begin with, but. Spoiler alert, he dead now. We saw his guts on the floor, so I think that's a pretty definitive death. Also, David no. Arquette's too busy in wrestling matches nowadays. Um, good old David. Good for him. I want David Arquette versus Josh's doppelganger, MJF. I hate you. I hate you so much. I hate that that's my doppelganger. He's a guy. He's okay. Anyway. No, you are, the love, you are the love child of MJF and Colt Cabana. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Move on, move on. I don't want to think about that. So what you're saying is that was like a knife in the back. Oh, my God. I quit. I'm over. Don't I'm worry. We'll this. pull the knives out, too. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Not again. As Knives Out 2 is set to come out later this year, and Netflix, for the first time in forever, is not doing a boneheaded decision with it, supposedly. So Netflix bought the Knives Out quote-unquote franchise like all future movies for what was it like half a billion dollars we talked about on the podcast months ago uh with knives out too though netflix is considering doing a 45-day theatrical release for knives out too i'm going you smart netflix get some of that money back because releasing it straight to netflix is not gonna get you your money back like you're not gonna get new subscribers all of a sudden You'll maybe mm-hmm. get some, but you'll get more money if you release this in theaters. However, this isn't super surprising to me. It's good news, but it's not super surprising because Netflix has shown a willingness to put movies in theaters for a limited run. Normally in the past, it has been for awards consideration like The Irishman or that black and white movie from around the same time as The Irishman, I believe, about that The Housemaid. Um, so I'm not surprised. I hope this ushers in a new plan for Netflix of 
they've been streaming solely as a platform. I would like it if for titles that they are confident in to release those in theaters and treat them like they're another production company, like a Warner Brothers, like a Disney, like an MGM, which, you know, just got bought out. But like have Netflix movies, Netflix presents. I know that Chris Hemsworth one was Extraction. Mm-hmm. Was wasn't everyone's cup of tea, but I could see that being a theatrically released movie. Or okay, you Netflix, you claim Red Notice, starring Gal Gadot, Dwayne Johnson, and Ryan Reynolds, is your most watched movie of all time. Sure, Jan. Um, if you were that confident in the movie, why don't you test it out in the theaters? Mm-hmm. You chicken. So <laughs> I I like the idea of this. I think this is a smart idea, and also I wanted to see Knives Out in theaters. So cool. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, I loved the first one. It was my favorite movie 2019. I've been excited for this movie forever. Uh, and also, I think Ryan Johnson is going to be sticking with this franchise for a while. But we'll talk about that in our Why next news you? topic. <laughs> Why would you think that, Nathan? Oh, man. Just confirmation I, of something excited. we've been saying for years. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. No, I, I think this is a, a good move on Netflix's part. Um there's we've been saying for a while that Netflix is going to have to do some some stuff that's going to be a little bit different for them and, and maybe take some what cues. quality content. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just putting it in front of more eyes. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so let's cancel our animation division instead yeah. of, you know, promoting it more. Uh, yeah, exactly. Because the issue was that the shows weren't, weren't good. That's what the problem was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's that they didn't do Redwall. Exactly. Uh, that's actually a huge issue. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but like, absolutely theatrical releases for some of their films. I mean, I think it's smart to start that with Knives Out too, especially when the first one went out in theaters originally. So it would feel weird for Knives Out to. It almost feels like uh, a direct to, to DVD kind of thing if the second one goes straight to streaming and that's it. So I think it's a smart idea. We got to, a return to Jafar situation. Yeah, exactly. I think it's a it's a good move on Netflix's part to keep the brand image of knives of knives out up by releasing it in theaters um i mean but they could do that with a lot of their their stuff i mean how cool would 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 it be and i just had this idea and i don't know why and i don't know if i like it or not yet but um like if they did a let's so let's say a six episode event of some show for the sake of the argument let's say uh stranger things Let's say so for out of over ten weeks, releasing the new episode, the new episode in theaters, for like for once a week on a specific day. I don't, I don't know; th- those episodes I, are too short. I think you'd have yeah, to do like you'd have to watch go longer. The, I know, like Game of Thrones, and I think maybe Stranger Things have also done it. Of like, watch the first three episodes. Mm-hmm. I know, Miss um, Marvel. I think it's Pakistan. They're like combining the six episodes of Miss Marvel into a feature length movie and releasing that in theaters for Pakistan, which is super cool cool. because Pakistan doesn't have Disney plus yet. So they're combining it into a movie. So people that are represented in Miss Marvel can actually watch them go. That is a smart idea. Netflix. You should think about doing something like that. If you can, if stranger things can be sliced and diced in a way that can be presented, like the first three episodes, see on the big screen. Cause I feel like game of Thrones did that. More and more places are so. doing that of like see it on the big screen. Like you could see AEW pay per views on the big screen. You could see fight nights on the big screen. So mm-hmm. I think that'd be it, an interesting yeah, like idea, a, like a fathom event kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Or like it, crap. After the 
whole part one of, of the new season comes out, have a an event in your theaters where it's a binge event where everybody can show up and watch the entire season or watch half the season or what have you like that, that, that make an event out of it at least you and know then, what i mean i like your idea with the fathom thing because a lot of those times you could get um bonus stuff with it of like mm-hmm. character introductions or stuff after the movie of like q and a's like make it a live streamed event of like everyone watches this stuff together and then afterward from one specific theater you can live stream um ryan johnson interviewing the cast talking about stuff um make i think a fathom event is a really good idea the only problem with fathom events is typically they're one night only or like one weekend mm-hmm. only i think this is a smart idea to do a limited release uh that 45 days because they know this will make money if they market it again that's the big problem is netflix doesn't have much of a marketing campaign let's mm-hmm. say this movie comes out in november they will start advertising it on halloween more or less It'll be like oh yeah balls here it is uh y'all like knives out daniel craig's as hot as ever he's available now that james bond is done uh, <laughs> so i'm super excited for this movie and i'm yeah. looking forward to the chance to possibly being able to see this on the big screen because that's that's how i'd prefer to see it, if at all possible now, lastly for our movie news is Vanity Fair just recently released a new article about the future of Star Wars, and they just kind of seemingly dropped it out of nowhere, which is kind of bizarre, yeah. but we've got a bevy of news coming out of this article, uh, varying degrees of importance and varying degrees of progress on upcoming projects. So, like, right off the bat, the one that we probably care the most about, Mandalorian Season 3. They didn't really talk anything about Kenobi in terms of release stuff because that's right around the corner. <gasps> Kenobi's next week. Oh, oh bro, let's go. Oh, I've longed to say that sentence. Um, but Mandalorian, they talked a little bit about that. Of it is shooting for a late 2022, early 2023 release. So I'd imagine maybe around Christmas time it'll drop the first episodes and then kind of continue into the new year. I feel like they've done that before around mm-hmm. that same time period um for like the maybe for like the three or four year anniversary of disney plus i'm trying to remember the first year Something that it like launched that. um so yeah they talked about mandalorian a little bit mainly talked about it coming back our boy ewan mcgregor bless the man that he is ewan mcgregor out here acting like tom holland spoiling stuff so it's <laughs> nothing major but for a while here ewan mcgregor has been in a relationship with actress mary elizabeth winstead for 10 cloverfield lane birds of prey uh relationship something else entirely but uh he accidentally let slip that mary elizabeth winstead is in the ahsoka series it's something about like oh yeah with me working on obi-wan and mary working on ahsoka and he's just like oh yeah I don't think Star Wars has let that known yet. Well, what are they going to do now? I'm going, way to use your power there, you and... All right, buddy. Okay. Like, that's an ultimate flex. And also, at the same time, like, hmm. Did you just put them in a difficult spot of, like, maybe they haven't casted her yet and she's auditioned? Or you better hope that she has officially gotten the job. But supposedly, uh, according to you, McGregor, and some other people involved with the production... Uh, Ahsoka is filming soon and that's targeting a 2023 release uh, they talked a little bit about the Acolyte which will be set a hundred years before the Phantom Ooh. Menace and will be a thriller and I'm going interesting 
Oh, dude. Uh, Spider-Man director John Watts is working on a series, which we talked about not too long ago, but it'll be set after Turn of the Jedi. <sighs> Shocker. Again. Again. Yeah, we'll we'll again. talk about sure. We'll break all this down in a little bit. We're just going through it re- briefly now. Uh, set in, After Return of the Jedi, it'll be a coming-of-age story like the classic Amblin Steven Spielberg movies. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy. Oh, sweet Jeebus. Uh, she has now come out and said, we have a roadmap going forward. We're going to move away from trilogies, and re- we've kind of got a map of where we want to go. Thrawn. 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 <laughs> we'll get back to that. Um, however, we did... There's a lot of rumors and speculation that the next Star Wars movie that will be coming out will be Taika Waititi's movie. We didn't really hear too much about Kevin Feige's movie. And lastly, news that should come as a shock to no one except those Last Jedi deniers or those in denial. Uh, Ryan Johnson's Star Wars trilogy seems to be put on hold for the time being with Kathleen kind of putting it nicely of, oh, he's busy with Netflix, but I'm sure we'll get around to it, which is... No, this thing's been quietly scrapped, which is... Yeah. After seeing Knives Out, I think Ryan Johnson could do a great Star Wars movie that's... If it's planned out from the get-go to be his, it could be good. And also, you know, not attached to previous characters. Um, But we've said that the Ryan Johnson trilogy is not going to happen for the longest time. But everyone seems Mm -hmm. to think, oh, no, 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 it'll happen. Like... "Ah," And Ben Affleck will come back as Batman for a standalone movie. Yeah, sure. I'll take a shot if that happens. <laughs> You'll take a shot if it didn't. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's some interesting stuff here, though. I mean, I don't know about you, Mando. Absolutely exciting. It's kind of weird that they're they're announcing this series so late in the year, uh, because you know we already got the first couple episodes in in Boba and Boba Fett. There was no um, book of Boba Fett. What do you talk about? Yeah, it'd be cool to get a Boba series. Fett show at some day. Yes. Um, do we know at all who Mary Winstead is, is playing or No idea. Did they have they cast Sabine yet? Do we know? I think she'd be too old for Sabine. Uh, uh, no, I don't think so. But also like I don't know. I don't think I could see her as Sabine. I Maybe not. But that that was just She's my playing thought. Ezra. <laughs> <laughs> The whales have changed you, Ezra. <laughs> she oh, had a whale man. of a time. Oh, goodness. Um, but yeah, no, like that that's interesting. Um, I would love to find out who she's playing. Because um, like Ahsoka, there's there's so much going to be happening in the Ahsoka series. And Ahsoka is definitely going to be one of those series that Dave Filoni has a huge say in. Because Ahsoka is his baby. Um, so we'll see. Um, especially... Following some of the events of Obi Wan, I'll be curious to see what what topics mm, are off limits and what are is going to be set. I don't know. I'll be curious if if uh, Darth Vader doesn't like if some like Anakin flashbacks don't happen in Ahsoka. I'm hoping Cause... I'm hoping for flashbacks with Obi Wan and Anakin and maybe some Ahsoka stuff in the show, but I don't want current timeline Ahsoka to show yes. up in Obi Wan. That just agreed. I want it to be Obi Wan. I'm coming around to Darth Vader being in it. I'm still not super high on it. If it was up to me, Obi Wan would be occasionally fighting stormtroopers, but mostly sitting around and arguing with Joel Edgerton for six hours. I want <laughs> nothing besides that. And Obi Wan betting on pod races because he's never got to see one before. 
Or <laughs> Obi-Wan is a pod racer that racks up debt with the wrong people and him and Joel Edgerton go on a mission to get enough money to clear his name and pay off his debt. I but like just the arguing in general would be fantastic just because like of oh, that line in the trailer, you know, eventually he'll have to be trained. Oh, you mean like you trained his father? Got it. Okay, <gasps> I was like, oh! Love that. Love that. Um I Looks like this... Annika's not the only one that got burned. Oh! <laughs> so uh, did Owen. Our... <laughs> this is our first news really about the Acolyte though, isn't it? More or less, is... other than uh, we got like the showrunner. The yeah, Russian that was doll about it. showrunner. But bro, 100 years before the Phantom Menace, you know that's my favorite timeline. You know that's my like like peak sith time like let's go i'm excited about that quite a bit and uh, well I'll be... I, I don't know i don't think it'll be peak time for the sith a hundred years before the phantom menace yeah because remember um obi-wan because everything always has to come back to obi-wan when of obi-wan was first talking to luke for a thousand generations the jedi knights are the guardians of peace and justice in the old republic before the dark times before the empire so that to me seems to imply that mm, there's a really yeah. long time before phantom i think there's been a sith presence that never fully got extinct but they were abiding by the rule of two set up by darth bane so i think maybe they're training a new generation of sith so to speak maybe Ooh, other, what if the only- what if the acolyte ends with the training of Plagueis. Ooh. Or even like an Acolyte. Okay, hold on. Um, Obviously, timeline-wise. Darth Annihilus. T- technically speaking, this should have should be way earlier. But because they can do whatever they want, uh, because of the extended universe, what if Ac- the Acolyte is Revan? Because he starts as a Jedi and then becomes a Sith acolyte and then betray- and then leaves the Sith. Like, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just, you know me. I want my Revan. I want my Bane. They're already confirmed to be real in this canon. So it's just like, I'm just waiting for it. I don't think they'll put Revan in the acolyte because I'm still sticking to my guns. I think Revan will show up in Taika Waititi's Star Wars. I, I can think, see that. I still maintain that I think Taika Waititi's is going to be an Old Republic or the High Republic, whatever they want to call it, era movie. So mm. I, I'm super excited that Taika Waititi is doing a Star Wars movie. Have been for a really long time, and I know some people are just like, the funny guy? Yeah, what we do in the shadows is fantastic. Thor Ragnarok is the best Thor movie until Love and Thunder comes out, and even then, I'll probably still be Ragnarok. Um but Watiti is more than just comedy. Jojo Rabbit, mm. uh, even within Ragnarok, it's funny, but it's also the saddest Thor movie in terms of everything that gets taken away, not just from Thor, but from everyone else in the movie. He balances drama incredibly well, but he gets characters, and I think character is something that was missing from the sequel trilogy of it started good, mm. but we never got enough time to actually care about these characters or got enough character moments um, and Taika does that well. I think it's weird that we didn't hear anything about the Kevin Feige stuff, but that could still be a long way off. There has been some interesting speculation, but I guess we could shoot that down. Now. I was thinking John Watts, since he is no longer with Fantastic Four, maybe he's directing the Feige Star Wars movie, but he can't be doing that because he's got this TV show instead, which is supposed mm-hmm. to be they're casting like 11 and 12 year olds for like a coming of age story. Okay, I'm interested. Just don't make them Jedi, please. Like, no, 
Nope, 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 now that's what I want. Now I want no. them to cast, do a whole series, and it turns out that they're the new Jedi being trained at Luke's, and the series ends with with Ben Solo murdering Hi, kids, Paul. I'm Ben. <laughs> oh, yes! Oh, Only I on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I love child murder on screen. Let's go, buddy. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's a clip. All right, let's go. Um, But yeah, like, I just... There's, I think there's a lot of opportunity there. I, I, as well as you, are kind of like, really? Right after our, uh, Return of the Jedi? Like, everything else? All right, fine, whatever. Um, I wish it'd be a different time, but, you know, maybe it's on planets that we've never seen before. That I'll, I'll allow it if that happens. If it's not like, all right, cool, we're back on Coruscant, or hey, we're back on Tatooine, or hey, like... Camino or something like you know what I mean like if we can go to different worlds that we haven't been to before I'm fine if with the timeline as long as we're trying something new um just sure whatever and like Kat, Kathleen Kennedy saying that we have a roadmap I will believe it when I see it like don't I I'm think not gonna... I think Star Wars has a roadmap now because they force you to have one I think yes. Filoni and Favreau were like Hey, we're going to start with the Mandalorian. I Okay, here's what I think happened. Okay. I think Favreau was like, I've got this idea for a show, but it's about a Mandalorian. How, how do we go about this? And Filoni in the background dusts off his cowboy hat, dips it down a little bit. Well, that story seems a little small scale. How about we just uh, blow this whole universe up? We can do... Thrawn. I've got some dangling plot threads from this other show that I did that I can bring into your show. And then, did you not like what we did with the sequel trilogy characters? Well, we can fix that. We can retcon that because there's 30 years here. We can de-age Luke. We can have him fight Thrawn like we all read about when we were reading stories as kids. And Favreau's going, whoa, slow your roll. Put the coffee down. <laughs> but I like what you're going with. But we got to be slow and methodical about this. And Filoni's going... Yes, my master. <laughs> Always two there are. No more, no less. Whoa! Yeah, baby, let's so, go. So in that relationship, who's the master and who's the apprentice? Is Favreau the master? In which case, is Filoni going to kill Favreau someday to take yes, Lucasfilm? That's absolutely good. That's, that, that's what's going to happen. Uh, but, like, yeah, like the, I, I, we needed a roadmap. Like, guys, uh, but again, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, I have no doubt that we're we're leading to we're not doing a trilogy okay we're i'm we're leading to a i'm gonna say an event movie thrawn 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 because there's no way that we get any farther into this with the inclusion of filoni to not go back to thrawn (laughs) there's no way well also like fans of the expanded universe that is no longer canon unfortunately that they've slowly recanonized really wanted Thrawn to be one of the major forces in the sequel trilogy and they just kind of really omitted that because Thrawn is one of the few expanded universe characters that kind of dipped into the mainstream of like even kind of casual Star Wars fans probably have at least seen pictures of Thrawn and be like oh yeah he looks familiar 
and could be a great adversary something that's different than your typical sith lord i think that's a mm-hmm. missed opportunity that we never got something like that of i don't need a lightsaber to destroy you i have my mind you illiterate boring species with your terrible artwork that's how i was able <laughs> to destroy you i studied your paintings and your blogs um i think it can be great <laughs> <laughs> tell me i'm wrong I mean, you're, you're not wrong is the thing like because like uh, <laughs> yeah no absolutely it, it I, I think there's no other direction you can go at this point if you're going with the like the the forward facing timeline if you're going in in that direction then yeah uh obviously taika watiti thinking that that one is the high republic super down i'll be interested to see if uh, if he's doing High Republic, if Acolyte ties into that, which would be interesting. Ooh, yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, and again, you and I were not surprised by Ryan Johnson at all. But th- there's no way that they... It's they just been in development for too long, and they announced yeah. that before Last Jedi came out, so... Yeah, there's no way. Sorry, guys. Well, as per usual, this episode is sponsored by Public, your one-stop shop for all things Uncharted Media-related merch, whether it's shirts, hoodies stickers notepads mugs cups whatever you want with the uncharted media logo on it or some other designs that we've got we've got plenty of designs i think we got over six now for you to choose from go over there support the show and if you haven't subscribe to us whatever you're listening to us on whether it's youtube or whatever podcasting app you're listening to us on help us out in that way now let's talk about stuff that happens in movies that we just absolutely hate cliches tropes going oh wow so the writers just hit the easy button of, okay, mm-hmm. we're doing that again. Um, so I got a, I got a bunch. I tried not to just stick to like horror stuff, but horror is like filled with cliches. Yeah. Um, car won't start. Um, you've got the dumb jock, the the dorky final girl, the promiscuous one. Like, I don't have any of those tropes, but I got plenty of other ones. Yeah. Um. I'm going to come out swinging because this is a Attaboy. trope. This is a trope and a cliche that I know a lot of people like and that's totally fine if you like these type of movies. I hate them. Well, I'll affectionately call the ugly duckling syndrome of Yes. Let's just Ugh. fuzzy up a girl's hair, make it a little uh, frizzier than normal and give her glasses. That makes her quote unquote unattractive now and all we need to do to make her attractive is straighten her hair make it maybe a little curly take the glasses away wow now she's beautiful looking at you rachel lee cook and she's all she's the yeah she's all that now she's the man she's she's all that like (laughs) rachel lee cook it's impossible for her not to be cute like even when you try to make her look nerdy i'm like she's still attractive it's so lazy like it's I hate it because movies don't do a good job at all of convincing you that they're unattractive. Like what you want to do movie is y'all have seen that clip from South Park, the World of Warcraft episode. Turn that guy into Chris Hemsworth in your movie, then I will be impressed. Not I'm going to pull my hair back and take my glasses off and that's how it I just it's so lazy and stupid. Yeah. I know people like those in um chick flicks of like oh it's just nice no it's lazy it's dumb i hate the ugly duckling syndrome because just aim higher people 
yeah it and i think like looking over my list like a lot of it is just like that's just lazy bro like and it's just there to fulfill a certain fantasy or something like that you know what i mean like i'll bring one of mine up for right in line with this i doesn't make sense to me when like kind of average looking dudes are married to supermodels in movies that bothers hey, the man, crap out of me we don't need to call out kevin james like that <laughs> or or uh adam uh, sandler uh, adam sandler uh but like it just doesn't make sense to me it takes me out of the movie it's like yeah i like dude as someone who only has funny going for him like <laughs> yeah i get it funny can get the work done but at the same time like, for me. i just like where did you meet her like that doesn't like the backstory is always like oh we were at the ice cream shop and i saw him across the way it's like no no that's unrealistic stop it I just I, I it bothers the absolute crap out of me because it just takes me out of the movie. However, if you use that trope correctly, it could be great. I forget there oh, was yeah. a movie that I was watching. I won't tell you what it was, so I don't give away spoilers. But there's a very average-looking dude in the movie, and a very attractive girl pretends to be interested in him to throw off suspicion, basically. And by the yeah. end of it, she's like, "You think I would ever actually like you?" No, I was just flirting with you to get attention off of me so I can keep doing my stuff. I'm going, way to subvert expectations. That's a great way to invert that. But, I mean, I saw that trope a lot when I was doing research for this. It doesn't bother me as yeah. much just because I've seen that in real life. I've seen yeah, people that are like solid fives with solid tens. Happened to me. Um, but, <laughs> like... That's a weird, that's a weird, why would you call your wife a five on, on the podcast? That's terrible, bro. We're, we're going into weird uncharted <laughs> territory here, Josh. Don't get me in trouble. But like, I'll tell you, buddy. Tell me you haven't met at least one couple in real life that you're just like, so yeah. does oh, he no, have yeah. like info on you that you don't want the general population to know? <laughs> no, no, no. That, it, that's, I know what he has. I know what he has. Like, and there, you can't tell me that you don't know what he has. A wallet. It's not funny. And it, yeah, and it's not a wallet because you guys are shopping at a Target. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's always a Target. It has to be a Target. Yeah, always a Target. Um, <laughs> um, all right, what else we got? Uh, I hate it. Absolutely. When cell phone signal doesn't work. I don't, it just, in horror movies in general like it just it, like you said it's lazy it's like oh man real inconvenient guys you know these network networks that are so well well built and can uh like you can get cell phone service in the middle of nowhere in montana um but yeah no 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 i'm under a a, a foot of concrete so now i can't get signal at all like no that's not how cell phones work dude like i just it bothers the crap out of me because it's like that was your that was your choice. That was the that that's your tension builder. Got it. Okay. Hey. Okay. Cool. On the flip side of that, with technology, I hate when found footage movies have to justify why someone's filming the whole time. Yeah. And it's, it's something stupid. Like I introduced Josh to Hell House when he was here um, back in October. I excuse that one all day because I think that's a good use of found footage of, hey, we have cameras for everything for insurance reasons. We are a haunted yeah. house. We need to be able to see everything for insurance reasons for the safety of our actors and for lawsuits and whatnot. I'm going, that's smart. As much as I like M. Night Shyamalan's The Visit, it's stupid going, I wanted this to be a found footage movie. So one of the children is this precocious up-and-coming filmmaker that feels like she needs to record everything. Yeah, I love filming and camera stuff. I don't carry around a camera with me everywhere I go just going, 
Hey guys! Well, I mean, these videos do go up on YouTube. Maybe if I start vlogging, yeah, our numbers yeah, go up. Yeah. Be one of those pretentious people. Yeah. yeah, like the only people that I know, or quote unquote, know, that like carry a camera with them at all times are those vloggers. Like David Casey Knight's dad. Yeah, like that, like those, those that, that kind of stuff. And I think if they were to do, like, hey, this is evidence from a vlogger's camera of this event that happened, I'd believe it more. But like, if someone's just like, I want to be a filmmaker, so I'm gonna film film everything. It's like, you know, I just I don't know if people like that, and that doesn't seem like a natural thing, uh, because when you film people all the time that is an evasion of their privacy and like i feel like a parent would say something or be like no like you can't you can't do that but like it's just yeah like like you said it's it's just uh i hate it i hate it so much what else do you hate uh since we're in horror movies and this is something this was an i have uh, a lot more horror ones than i thought <laughs> yeah um but like this is something that kind of was rem- I was reminded of because of M- Multiverse of Madness, um, the overuse of musical cues in horror really bothers me. Like, for for instance, like the way a jump scare works, oh, and they're like, "Hey, instead of having the stuff happening actually be scary, we're just gonna." give you a musical cue that's louder than the entire situation so that you get scared and it's like no no that's that that's not how that works or like you it yeah um and or like in um in multiverse of madness when something gets kind of creepy they get that oh the violins are going up it's supposed to be creepy guys like no like that's that doesn't make it creepy it just uh, it, musical cues are i have a weird relationship with musical cues especially because like they are different in every genre but like most of the time they're they're very like you know as this list is it's very cliche and very like you know like that doesn't do anything for the story at all instead of just having a fantastic score or i don't know excellent sound design like uh, a quiet place fantastic sound design it, and, and soundtrack no, absolutely and at no point do the jump scares scare me because of the musical cue that you, they put it with it's, it's the tension that's what what builds the the jump scare but like for me to have a musical cue be just straight up like no this is the emotion you're supposed to be feeling instead of the scene telling me what emotion i'm supposed to be feeling um it's hard to talk about musical cues because like you get to Marvel movies and like whenever someone's theme comes up, you're like, ah, yes. Ah, okay. I understand what they're going for here. But like, to me, that's much less a trope and more of a character moment. I think is that there's a difference there. Maybe I'm wrong, but like to me, basically what you're saying to summarize for you, it's like when they overuse certain musical parts. Yeah. Looking at you, Uncharted, because I still won't let it go that they only play the actual <laughs> Uncharted theme twice, but they keep doing this dun 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 dun. I'm like, the, the heck is this? And they'll like, keep playing it at random spots. I'm going, just just stop. Piggybacking though off Josh's horror thing, the technical term for these is a Luton bus, also known as jump scares. I hate 
fake jump scares so, so much. Like, character walks down a creepy hallway. All of a sudden, a cat jumps out of nowhere and startles our main character. <laughs> oh, or heaven forbid... Let me get some medicine out of this mirrored cabinet that I'm going to angle this way. And then when I close the cabinet, there's going to be something scary behind me in the mirror. Oh, no, I didn't see that coming. I hate, I like a good jump scare. But so often, I'm pointing the finger at you, specifically in horror movies, something is not actually scary. They just want to get you riled up. But then when you actually get... When they do that, it actually has the opposite effect. It deflates you. Mm-hmm. Like, but sometimes that can work really well in horror movies. Of, um, it's Exorcist Three, when uh, that hallway, the nurse going back and forth. When the timing is off, and you start to you exhale, you go, oh, okay, the horror has, I guess, nothing in the scene, and all of a sudden the the ghost pops up in Exorcist Three. You're going. That's perfect. That's actually scary because you threw off my timing. But I hate either poorly timed or just completely fake jump scares of, oh, no, someone knocked on my window. That's pleasant. Or my friend decided to sneak up on me and touch my shoulder and make me jump a mile in the air while a loud bong going, stop. It's not scary. It's annoying. It's disruptive. If anything, it actively hurts the parts that are actually scary. That's why I like the strangers so much because there is no loud, abrasive noises except for, you know, when the spoopy stuff is actually happening. <laughs> but, like, in, like, I think a good example of that is that has both good and bad jump scares uh, are is, is, like, Sinister. Because there's the parts, there's parts in Sinister where it's like, Oh, haha! I just jumped in front of the uh, in front of the camera. Scary, scary. But then also, there's parts where where he's zoomed in on on the the thing in the towards the beginning when he's zoomed in on it, and it's like quiet in the scene, and something he ca- somebody calls him from the other room, and he's like, "Yo, what?" and like looks away, and then like still but quiet, cool it, is still like it looks looks at at him, and then looks back, and you're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa how could you not see that?" No, 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 no. And to me, like jump scares are absolutely like 100% more scary without the <clears throat> annoys, annoying musical cues. Like, don't, you don't gotta do the the bomb or the, the high violins or whatever. Like, you can just do a scare and like, if we're going back to your original example in a bathroom with the mirror, like how much scarier would it be is if the music didn't acknowledge that like, oh, ha I opened this up and I'm going to close it. And now there's someone behind me and I don't notice. Like, yeah, when it doesn't do that in horror movies, yeah. I actually think that's better. Oh, absolutely. Like, just like the quiet and they're like, whoa, whoa. Like, it, it surprises you because there's you have no indication that it's supposed to happen. Whereas, whereas like, to your credit, like, most of the time, jump scares, you can feel them coming about four or five, sometimes 20 seconds before they happen because you can feel the music going up. Yep. And it just does, like, come on, don't ruin your scare, dude. Uh, also, like, we don't have to dwell on this. It's pretty obvious. Another horror trope that I hate, characters tripping while running and not bothering to stand up and they just awkwardly, like, shuffle back on all fours. Please don't, please don't. Easy kill. Like, just get up. And also, like, you're on flat ground. I would make fun of people more for tripping on flat ground and falling if 
that didn't happen to me on the regular. Like, <laughs> the older I get, the more I'm going, I get you. I would also be dead in a horror movie. But then again, I wouldn't be in a horror movie long enough because the first sign of something actually scary be like, nope, I'm good. Y'all can go. <laughs> Y'all Have can fun. Go. But yeah, that stupid like, <laughs> oh no, I tripped on a random branch. That, That's stupid. It's just unfair it's tension. Yeah, it's lazy. Yeah, it's lazy tension. Um, it's kind of like, and like, it's not on my list, but um, token dead characters, characters that like, it definitely bleed. We don't do it as much anymore, but like the fact that, oh, right, if you're black, you're dying first was a thing in, in horror movies for a long time. And now it's not, oh, you're black, so you're going to die. But it's still, you still have token characters that are like guaranteed death. And I hate that. I hate that they're like that. That horror movies do that thing where they're like, "Hey, yeah, this character is obviously different from the rest because he's definitely gonna die first. And it's just like, all right, whatever. This is like stupid tension for no reason. And I can like, I, we can see through it. Fine, whatever. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think one that's on my list that we don't. Thankfully, we don't do anymore. The quality of child actors has gotten up significantly but can we just talk about how terrible it was when we had 30 year olds playing high schoolers like get out of here i i still think about it like toby mcguire did not look like he was in high school nobody in that high school looked like they were in high school neither and, did andrew garfield uh, i mean i i accept that yeah absolutely but you know whatever uh i i'll you, you can almost give no nah, you're right no yeah I'm tired of it. I'm tired of high okay. schoolers not looking like high school. Easy fix, though, for Amazing Spider-Man? Just say he's in college. I mean, yeah. Absolutely. Why? Just. Just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I just but like, I'm glad we don't do that as much anymore. Um, but it's still like, it's just one of those, like, you really want me to believe that this guy's a high schooler. All right, cool. So you cast somebody older so you can get around the child labor, labor laws. Got it. Okay. Heard. Hmm. <laughs> let's, what else you got boss let's let's go to some superhero stuff with one yeah. that like we will not be the first nor the last to bring up this trope that seemingly has died for the time being until it eventually makes its return in a few years but for a stretch of time from like 2011 to like 2015 i felt like this was in every single superhero movie all together now blue sky beam for those lucky enough to not know what I'm talking about, oh no, the villain has activated insert name of machine on top of insert name of iconic New York location on the top of that building. Oh no, he's activated it. Look, a generic blue sky beam shooting up into the sky. Ninja Turtles, Avengers, Amazing Spider-Man. Like, what? Why? Why is this a thing that we keep doing? Thankfully, we've gotten, gotten away from it in recent mm -hmm. years, but fantastic for, fan four stick like I've got on the graphic here. But we all kind of collectively agree as a society to forget about fan four stick just unilaterally. It's just Especially, yeah. oddly specific of like, but why? Was Alec Kurtzman writing all of these movies to keep doing the same thing over and yes. over again? Yep, absolutely. He was on a blue sky beam kick. 
don't he's know like, where he it came from. Of... I don't know where it came from. I don't know why it stuck around for so long. <laughs> he's uh, he played a lot of video games, and so they're like, all right, you need a visual cue to know where you're going. So let's just put a giant sky beam going uh, like out of the building. Yes, because we can't put a giant green diamond over the location. You go here is your main objective. The yellow one's over here are your side missions, but you should really do those later after you finish the main campaign for the movie. Go and no, 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 get no, out no, of here. No. Yeah, everyone knows you do side missions games. first. That way yeah, you can just so, body the main boss. Exactly, because nobody wants to get bodied. Come on. <laughs> do all your side missions first. Get all your fun stuff. And then you go into the boss battle, and they're like, ah, I'm going to one-shot you. And you're like, Haha, no, you ain't. Anyway, um, hey, perfect segue. Since we're talking about vi- video games, uh, one of my the things that I hate about like that happens in movies uh specifically like superhero movies i hate villain monologues so much like like if you truly hated this person and you're what so what you you spent all this time making this plan so that on the the moment that you have to murder this person finally after all this time you're you're gonna tell them your how your entire plan you're gonna brag to them that's what you're gonna like come on dude like, did, did you really want to murder them or did you want them to, mi- to make them look silly? Like, that's not whatever. Do you want me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Like, yes. Also, piggybacking off of that, and I know you'll agree with me on this one. I hate villains in movies that are already somehow connected to our main character. Looking yes. directly at you, Spider-Man. You live in a city with millions upon millions of people. How is it? that the six or so villains that you faced in these movies, you all somehow have a personal connection to. It always makes me appreciate the Justice League animated series even more when, in one episode, Wally West Flash and Lex Luthor swap bodies, Freaky Friday style, and Lex Luthor's like, well, if nothing else, I can discover the Flash's true identity. Goes to the bathroom, takes off his mask. I have no idea who this is. I'm going, that's brilliant, because why would you? Yeah, absolutely. It would be like if I just walk down the street, see a guy walking towards me on the street, and go, I know exactly who that is. That is not how the world works. You don't know everyone. You're not Mark Zuckerberg with eyes on everybody. Like, it, <laughs> it, it's not that much of a, it's a small world that you're just going to know everyone. I get that people are like, well, it's for dramatic tension if they've already have this rivalry. You could just, you know, establish a rivalry once they become heroes and villains. Like it's it's just yeah. dumb. Also, like if that's one one A to this, like a slight addendum to it, I hate villains that are just the inverse of the hero. Looking oh at you. Oh my god, yes. I just hate you, that. Iron monger or yellow jacket. Or Abomination, if you just like, or um, Riot in the first Venom movie, if you just take the hero's costume, invert the colors just a little bit so you can tell which one's which in the final fight, but other than that, they're just the quote-unquote dark reflection of whoever our main protagonist is, what they could have been if they didn't make the right choices in life. I'm going, "Eh." Can, can we just not, like... Iron Man especially was very guilty of that. I'm oh, fine yeah. with like one movie in a franchise doing that, but if you keep doing that, it's a very tired and played out trope that I'm frankly sick of. Like, 
Thanos is special because he identifies with none of the Avengers. He is not similar in personality to any of them. He's not the dark reflection of any of them. Like, just it's just lazy and dumb, and I don't want heroes to know the villains ahead of time. That's stupid. They shouldn't <laughs> know each other. It's not that small of a world. But Nathan, but when they reveal who they are, it's supposed to hurt the character. But you know, don't you know? Like, don't tell I, Harry. Yeah, don't tell. We Harry. all just happen to know each other. Yes, uh, but see, like we can we can talk about that. But like the the Doc Ock twist in the Spider Man game is fantastic. Uh, but like then again, I don't know. I think it's better because Peter thinks he doesn't know that he's spider-man and so like it's i guess it is nice that way but like i I, i'm kind of i'm still with you i wish especially in superhero movies it's like you don't have to know your villain personally for it to be bad like come on so i bring up the don't tell harry thing and it actually ends up being a very very convenient transition for me uh because one of the things i absolutely hate in movies or tv because i see this more in tv than movies but it still happens in movies convenient character memory loss of Ugh. of oh no our villain discovered the true identity of our hero what are we gonna do hit old good old faithful our villain had sudden memory loss that they can't remember the past three days or worse my body was possessed by another being whether it's an evil spirit a good spirit whatever and i don't remember the past few days so whatever secrets you told me don't worry, I don't remember them. Just yeah. Like, it's just writers that wrote themselves into a corner with the situation and they can't get out of it. Or in the case of, like, Spider-Man 3, when Harry gets this big old concussion, I'm going, first of all, that's not how that works. Second of all, you just delayed this so that we can focus on Venom stuff only to come back to Harry later. Because Harry, who was built up for the first two movies of this rivalry with Spider-Man takes a huge backseat in Spider-Man 3 because of this convenient memory loss mm -hmm. of when in doubt writers will just go this character is going to forget this now because I don't know how to deal with consequences in my narratives speaking of consequences and narratives I absolutely hate clean tidy endings I oh. hate it okay that's not where I thought it was going but okay yeah, I agree yeah, yeah. yeah yeah like I hate it when and as much as I love incredible way to mess a talent they do this as well there's just this little bow at the end of a, of a of a movie and we're not gonna like acknowledge that um you know some of these the the choices that these characters make are pretty questionable and i find it very surprising that nobody uh said anything or did anything or okay sure whatever whatever sure okay uh i hate it i hate it that there's no consequences and i hate that and marvel's especially bad about this you don't see the consequences or even get a hint of the consequences until the next movie in the series. It's like, oh, yeah, so you know the stuff that happened. Obviously, now that now that's going to have an effect, like, you, obviously, uh, instead of like, hey, you know, like, you know, we, we saved the day here. But like, obviously, some stuff is going to be an issue going forward. Um, there's I just hate clean, tidy, tidy endings. I know that there's this feeling that in stories you have to have a bow on the end for your readers. But I, I guess maybe for me, 
or your movie watchers, whatever. Uh, I guess for me, I, I just don't like clean and tidy stuff. There has, I, I like it when there's grit and there's consequences and, you know, maybe even if a character does have a quote unquote happy ending, at least the character like Jojo, Jojo rabbit is a good example. Like he's his, his ending is, it's going to have a bow on it. But there's a caveat on that. There's a bow on it, but it's the end of the first world. Uh, the it's the end of the world, world war too. So like, and he's parentless, and he's like, so there's gonna be stuff he's gonna have to face. But like that section of his story is done. But it acknowledges the fact that there's more work to be done. So I it's I just don't like it when things are all just all right. Cool. I know some dark stuff just happened, but all right, we're moving on. <laughs> like the, yeah, yeah, like Doctor yeah. Strange better have side effects now. No, it won't. It won't at all. I don't know. They <laughs> they said in the, in the first Doctor Strange, the bill comes due. I'm like, well, it hasn't come due yet. We're just going to keep kicking that stone. I got six more. How many more you got? Um, this is one, two, three, four. I got four. Hit me with two Perfect. and then we'll keep going. Oh, I want to save that one of those for last because I hate that one a lot. Um, Okay. I hate – I normally like when movies are meta, but for some reason – I hate when movies acknowledge when they're being meta. Like, when you're watching a movie sequel, and they're like, well, you know, sequels are never as good. Yes, I know. I'm watching you, Dark Phoenix. You don't have to tell me that line. I'm currently watching you in disappointment. Or, um, just like, okay, just because your audience, as an audience, is getting smarter in how they watch movies in the process of, like, certain tropes, Mm -hmm, doesn't mm -hmm. mean you also can call them out. Like, you are not clever just because you beat me to the punch in the joke that I'm going to tell about your movie. Just because you're, you, just because you saw the issue but didn't fix it doesn't mean that there's not still an issue there. Like, you acknowledging it doesn't make it better you just acknowledge it you didn't try to fix it like i like meta but for some reason i don't like it when movies acknowledge that they're being meta like when movies poke fun at themselves in that way i can appreciate movies not being serious it, it sounds complicated but i don't, I don't think it's well too complicated. yeah cause there's there's a fine line because uh, unbearable way to massive talent does that a lot but it's done in this like very charming like in some ways, I didn't. You, you don't realize what they're doing until afterwards. Um, but it's like the scene when they're walking down into the into the town, and they're like, "Yeah, the the thing I hate about comedies is, you know, when you just have two guys, and the whole comedy is just them walking. Like that's not funny. And like, and it's literally just two guys walking, being funny. Like, and then, it's like, come but on. But then it gets <laughs> funny because they're just like, well, then normally in that type of movie, then these two two people would be watching them. Are those two guys watching us? Yeah, I, exactly. I don't know. But look, <laughs> stares him right down in the face while they're staring at us now. What do we do? We run on the count of three. Run. Go. Go. One. One. Ah! <laughs> like, yeah, it's... It, I, it, Y'all it does, it does see it in this, like, Unbearable Way to Massive Talent. It's so it's good. It's so good. And they're like, oh, they followed us. And it pans, and it's two completely... It's definitely not the same guys. It's two different but like, people. Yeah. They're like, oh, how'd they find us again? <laughs> Oh, dude. Okay. It's great. Now I get to make Josh happy because I'm going to single out one movie and one movie in particular. Dark Knight Rises. Yes! Josh is going to be like, ah, which of the million issues that I have problems with are you going to address? (laughs) 
Dark Knight Rises is the biggest issue, the biggest culprit that I can think of, that I can think of an example off the top of my head, but there's other movies I'm sure. Characters getting critical plot information delivered via dreams. Like, mm. characters getting mm. stuff told to them in a dream or a nightmare. Why do I have issues with this? Dreams or nightmares take place in your head, so you are literally telling yourself information? That's worse than an unreliable narrator. That is literally, oh, technically, I'm telling myself this stuff. So my issue is like, with Dark Knight Rises, when he has his jacked up back and he sees the ghost of Roz al Ghul come to him, Roz then gives him this long exposition dump of like, oh yes, I was a wanderer and had a child and the child was thrown in prison for my crimes. I'm going... Wait a that's, second. That's that's not how that works. Hold on. Technically, <laughs> Roz is not here, and he's all in Bruce's head. Is Bruce literally telling himself the origin of Bane slash Talia here? That doesn't make sense, because where would he get this information from? He's literally telling him this. He's literally explaining something to himself that he doesn't actually know, but he's mm-hmm. saying it so the audience is aware of it down the road. Like, I wish... Talia, when she stabs him, just goes, wait, how did you even know that story? And Bruce could be like, oh, I totally hallucinated that when I was tripping balls down in that well-looking thing. Like, <laughs> and it's not just Dark Knight Rises. That happens in a lot of other stuff. Halloween 2. Uh-huh. Lori sees visions of Michael in this mental hospital, and that's kind of where they start alluding to the fact that they might be brother and sister. I'm going, wait, why is Lori getting this in dream sequences she would not have known this because when the audience finds out that they're brother and sister it's in the backseat of a cop car with dr loomis and nurse marion far away from from laurie so we're getting this information because the audience needs to know this information but delivering it through a character's dreams makes me go wait how did they know that our dreams are produced by our own brains so they genuinely are making this stuff up, and the only reason it's here is so that the audience isn't totally lost later. Like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. No, absolutely. It's and it, there's a fine line to walk there because, like, if you talk, let's talk about Return of the Jedi when, or sorry, Empire Strikes Back when Luke's like, "No, no, I had a vision that they're in trouble. I have to go." And it's like, okay, but like, the force because the force is telling him that, but like it's still his dream so it's like i don't it's such a weird like very fine line on that kind of trope too um since we're talking about star wars uh, since i brought up star wars i hate i hate chosen one stories i hate it really i I don't like it i don't like if like when characters are like this is your destiny this is the thing that you're supposed to do yeah because like I, and it's always like to people that have like like Joe Schmo like it saves the universe. I'm like, no man, this has been your destiny your whole life. It's like, okay, cool, but I've been 35 and working as a tech guy in in like this small town of rural America. How 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 can this have been my entire destiny leading up to this point? What 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 what, what prepared me for this? Like you are an expert troubleshooter, what, so yeah, like I just. I hate it's like very specific obviously like like prophecies and I think to me 
Harry Potter, Harry being the uh, the chosen one is like the least interesting thing about him in the entire story. And to me, it means it just doesn't mean anything. And I understand like unless magic magic is a thing, sure. Unless you're one of those people like me that subscribes to the theory that the prophecy was never about Harry. Yes. It, it's about Neville. I know. Okay, I am about because that too, Neville sure. is better than Harry. I, I I agree, but Neville, Neville... never died like a pansy, uh, and so, had his carcass okay. carried by Hagrid. Uh, I so here's the thing though, um, is and I think it's said in the book is like it could have been either of you, but it's Voldemort who because he went after Harry, he sealed his own fate. Sure, 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 cool, cool, cool. But destiny is stupid because. Neville's speech proves that to me, at least in the film. I haven't finished the the the, the Deathly Hollow book yet. It's better but, in the book. The movie kind of undercut him. But still, he like no like people die all the de- all the time to- all the time. And to me, Neville's like seeing the truth that Harry is trying to say. Like no, like we all have the power and the means to defeat him. Like we don't need this chosen one, this destined destined child. Like it doesn't matter. The cursed child. Just- stop no no i'm gonna poke that bear i hate the idea of destiny and the chosen one and like chosen one that's exactly i think (laughs) i think of that like (laughs) the chosen one there's literally no reason for him to be the chosen one it's literally there as a trope like that's all it is the only reason it's there is because it's like oh it'll be funny if the you know he we just called him the chosen one and then never explained it of how he's the chosen one it's never explained why uh uh oh geez um oh daisy ridley um ray ray oh uh, yeah i couldn't remember i for some reason couldn't remember her name in the movie i just was like no it's that's she doesn't ridley. actually have personality yep i mean mm, 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 mm. so uh <laughs> it's like yeah no man you're a jedi because you're destined to be one so congrats because you're, you're a triad yeah like yeah congratulations buddy okay gosh um so that felt like a really long info dump from josh (laughs) which makes sense because one of my top cliches that i hate there it is exposition dumps slash i also i put in my notes exposition dump slash baseball card stats if you are introducing a character and you more or less kind of give an awkward paragraph about what this character is like or what their backstory is in a way that humans do not speak at all of like, um, Oh, hi, Ken. You used to work at whatever, whatever for a couple of years. How is that going? Oh, it was good. Now I'm here because I have this big brain and uh, my PhD could only get me so far when I graduated from Harvard, I needed to pay those bills off somehow. I'm going, why? Or the worst case scenario was David Ayer's Suicide Squad when those characters yes. are literally introduced with baseball card stats. Like, like it just... Characters are more interesting when you show what their personality is instead of telling us what their personality is. Like, cool. I want to know what your personality is, not what you tell me your personality is like that's a better gauge like when you introduce yourself to someone you don't just go hi i'm this that and the other thing you just 
let the person greet you. I'm tired of, we need the audience to understand us, so word vomit a whole bunch of things. Oh man, have you ever heard about his tragic backstory? Let me tell you over this voiceover narration of a flashback that we're going to do because we need to get this crucial information to you at some point. We're not clever enough to think of it on our own. I hate exposition dumps. I can't tell if I hate them more when they're at the beginning and they just need to dump everything or at the end when the writers go, oh, balls, we have so much critical stuff that we don't know how what to do with, but it needs to be delivered to the audience somehow. So uh, Matrix 2 this with the guy that created the Matrix and just word vomit everything. When, <laughs> when everything gets revealed, the only time I give it a pass of word vomit slash exposition is in murder mysteries because we need to know the who done it. We need to know the full process. Other yeah. than that, we don't need to know well, here's my grand scheme. He's my this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, just show us. Don't tell us, <laughs> Shyamalan. I mean, okay, so, but technically, the opening to Fellowship of the Ring is an info dump. It, but That's like, a world-building info dump, it, though. Correct, correct. That also so, shows as it's telling. That's fair. It shows just as much fair. as it tells. It, it, and that's what I think is interesting here is like a lot of these we don't hate when they're in a very specific context and they do a certain job but like the moment that you're just being annoying and like uh, trying to give the, you give us a bunch of information through a water hose like it's just like oh okay no touch, not, touch, a, touch. not a water hose a fire hydrant yes absolutely uh, love it um, so let's talk about an example that I think you will just love um so tom cruise's the mummy does a thing that i absolutely hate everything it, i mean there's a lot of stuff to hate in the movie but tom cruise one of the things i hate annabelle is, wallace um, we can't just have a movie it has to be a shared universe experience guys it just no, no like guys i i I understand from a num numbers perspective that shared universes make a boatload of money. I get it. However, if you lead with that, we don't care and nobody's going to see the second one if you ever make a second one. Um, so why, I don't understand why everything these days, I mean, I understand why production companies would want it to be a shared universe, but it doesn't need to be guys like i think one of the th good things about and i guess spoiler alert a little bit um about multiverse of madness is that it feels like a single story it is like yes it is still in the canon and is still connected to the universe but it at no point it doesn't affect, it doesn't feel like it affects the entirety of the Marvel universe, like the trailer said that it would, but it, it's just a movie that happens. And I, I do, there is a certain level of that, that I do enjoy, but like, it just, not everything's gotta be a shared universe guys. Like, come on. So this happens in a lot of movies, but I feel like this happens the most in shared universes because shared universes have larger plans for everything. And they can't of course. do anything that involves stakes. And Marvel is the worst at this, and it's becoming a running joke, but I still hate it. I hate fake-out deaths slash sacrifices. Of, okay, yes! Of, like, oh, man, he's gonna die. Just kidding! He's alive! Like, it goes back as far as the first Avengers movie when, like, 
Um, Tony closes the portal and falls down. Colt catches him, and everyone's like, oh, no. Oh, no. He's fine. He's he's He just needed to be woken up with a Hulk screaming at him. But then Winter Soldier. Oh, no. Nick Fury's dead. Except he's not. He's still alive. He just got shot. Um, oh, no. Bucky fell off a train into the, some water. He's probably dead. Just kidding. He's the Winter Soldier now. Black Widow's dead? No, she's actually dead. She's she's not coming back. She's been replaced by Florence Pugh. Um, but like, <laughs> I tell me, you don't have that lingering thought in the back of your mind of well, everyone else has come back. So when is Scarlett Johansson coming back? Because no one stays dead. Or when is Robert Downey Jr. coming back? Because no one stays dead. Like I would love someday for a Superman movie where Superman genuinely dies better than he does in Batman vs. Superman. And it actually take quite a few movies for him to come back. I get financially people will want him to come back, but in order for it to mean something, kill someone and leave them dead for a while. There's a running joke, but it's 100% true of in comics, the only person that ever stays dead is Uncle Ben. But this is the same thing for movies. I want death to be permanent. I want sacrifices to be permanent. Even one of my favorite movies of all time, The Iron Giant, is not immune from that. Of you got the great sacrifice of Superman, but in the service of doing a happy ending, a nice bow on it, like Josh hates so much, they show. Oh nope, it was a fake out death, and he'll put himself back together eventually. I want deaths more often in movies. I want them to be permanent. I want them to be lasting. I that's why I appreciate James Gunn standing up and going no as far as i'm concerned yondu is dead and will stay dead in the mcu because that needs to mean something death is supposed to matter it is a big thing that's part of life and just because you can get out of it in movies doesn't mean it should be skirted as often as it does it's supposed to be concrete it's supposed to be resolute death can be a powerful storytelling device but i feel like it's been so neutered of audiences have come to expect of He's not really dead, right? He'll come back. He's a big star. We need him for the sequel. No! Kill him off! He deserved to die. Sacrifices must be made for my enjoyment, dang it. <laughs> Which is uh, why I say that Hugh Jackman should never come back even as a variant. Even as a variant. Yep, we're definitely disagreeing on that one because he yeah, will come back someday. He will come no. back someday. No. So will Robert Downey Jr. <sighs> Yeah, I'm unfortunately they've opened that door and now they can't close it. Um, but I'm kind of with you on that. My one of mine is kind of gonna <laughs> rabbit tail off of that, I guess. Uh, the, twists for the t- sake of a twist, like just like what? Wh- it's one of the reasons I hate the screen movies. It doesn't matter if ev- all of the evidence, literally, like both logical and physical evidence in the movie, is pointing to that person being the killer. It doesn't matter. We want to, you know, psych ya. <laughs> gotcha. See, you're a stupid audience member. You don't actually know what you're thinking because that we just faked you out. That wasn't the killer. This was the killer the whole time. It doesn't matter if it doesn't make any logical sense, but we gotcha. <laughs> like, just come on, man. Like, I don't why don't why can't we reward our the audience like oh no like good job you figured it out i'm proud of you awesome i guess it just 
it doesn't do just do it in horror movies either. Like Marvel is also pretty bad at, uh, bad about this. Uh, Civil War, like, oh yeah, even though Tony's pretty much forgiven Bucky and understands that he had no no control of, over what he did as a Winter Soldier, we're gonna show him Bucky killing his parents, and uh, now he's gonna get upset, even though we all kind of knew it happened. Uh, okay, sure, whatever. Like it just. <sighs> twists for twists sake are not good twists and they don't make sense and they don't build tension they just kind of make your audience roll their eyes how many more you got uh one more all right so i got two more so i'll go with this was my top one for a while until i started really thinking about and then i have one that i hate more than this but this is an oddly specific one that i bring up this national treasure graphic here because i think it's applicable i hate when the first movie of a series establishes the main character and their love interest and builds them up only for them to break up in between movies and then spend the sequel getting back together. I'm going, so you're too lazy to figure out how a couple exists past the initial honeymoon phase to try and grow and strengthen that relationship. So you got bored, just scrapped it just so you could introduce the honeymoon phase again. Like, mm-hmm. I hate that in movies and TV. It's why I like Superman and Lois so much is because that actually acts like a functioning family. Like, I hate shows that don't – shows and movies that don't have realistic writing of just, like, people are better communicators than movies want to give them credit for. Like, I hate mis- the misunderstanding trope of, mm-hmm. oh, no, we've been happily married for 10 years, but in one scene – I walk in on my husband, who has no previous history of having any form of affair or any um, cheating on me whatsoever, but I see him talking to another woman, and I immediately freak out. Like, people don't think that way. People are more rational than you want to give them credit for. You just want to insert fake dramatic tension. I hate when that happens in movies of building up this couple, only seeing them break off screen because one, I feel like I'm missing important story stuff that led them to breaking up. But two, it kind of invalidates that first movie and the relationship that was built up in that one. I'm going just, it's lazy. It's dumb. Just keep them together. Why? Like looking at you, amazing (laughs) Spider-Man going, let's get Peter and Gwen together. Oh man but we can't be together or else you're going to die. Well, we should get back together in Amazing Spider-Man 2 and actually be even more insufferable. Oh, no, she's dead. Oh, snap. That sucks. Like, <laughs> oh, snap. Oh, I did that intentionally. <laughs> just like Peter might have, just to get out of the relationship. But you didn't hear that from me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's a line. That's a line. Okay. No, no. I can't allow that. Sorry. I have to stop you right there, my dude. <laughs> All right, what's your last one? Um, so I'm gonna set this up. All right. So let's let 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 us uh let you're in New York, okay? You're chilling in New York. Everything happens in New York. Obviously, uh, it's the only location on the planet that anything happens in. Obviously, um, and um, I don't know this uh this guy opens up a portal in the sky and a bunch of aliens come and start attacking the city. Um, And you've got some superheroes on the ground who are doing a pretty decent job of controlling the situation. Uh, But you decide that, you know what? 
we don't need New York. It's not that important. And, um, you know, because because we actually don't care about the entire state of New York or really the entire eastern seaboard, uh, we're just going to nuke the city. And that seems like the best possible decision we could make. Um, yeah, I hate it when in sci-fi movies, zombie movies, whatever, the, there's a big hive type threat and the only response that seems rational is hmm i don't know let's destroy this entire side of the country and nuke the whole city like i'm sorry uh that's not just gonna affect the city guys like that's especially if you do new york there's a whole river right there bro Mm, 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 so okay i know that trope happens a lot but here's why it doesn't bother me so much because I can 100% see that happening in real life. And you could tell me it wouldn't. Or are you telling me we don't have some stupid people out there that would see that as a viable option and could just go, eh, a couple million to save a billion? Why not? Let's do it. Like, I, I've seen the people that run the world. I don't I mean, trust them to not destroy New York if there was a giant hive taking over. I mean, I, I, I agree that they would do something uh, violent, but... I just I to me the idea that they would nuke it is is kind of ridiculous because it doesn't just like the after effects of a nuke would like affect the entire eastern seaboard and because of where New York is you're destroying ocean life too like what what that doesn't make sense it's just like it, it's overwhelmingly stupid just to get rid of it I mean Okay, I, I I see your point. Like it's, I'm like it's just an alien invasion, guys. It's fine. Just. Whatever. <laughs> How many inv- like, alien invasions have you lived through, Josh? Firsthand. Uh, well, I mean, I'm in. Um, what is it? 2022. Like so, at least like four or five. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so I don't. It just like it bo- always bothers me. Like an alien is it alien versus predator? I think the first one. They're like guys. They blow up. Co- no, do- the second one. They literally yeah. blow up Colorado. Basically. Yeah. Yeah, they're like. I mean, you know I what? don't mind that at all. <laughs> but like at the same time, it's like, so you're just gonna blow up an entire state? Okay, cool. That there, at no point will that have any ramifications. Sure, okay. Okay. Just like randomly missing billions of people in an entire state in an entire mountainish region, just gone from the from the country. Yeah, nobody will notice. It's fine. So this isn't my final one, but I think I need to give a shout out to a um, friend of the podcast that suggested this one before. Notice this segue here. Uh, you mentioned nuke. Nuke the fridge. Fridging is the worst. For those that don't know comic books, fridging is the practice of injuring or killing a loved one's um, a loved one for the main hero. Just for motivation for that hero going forward. Looking at you, Deadpool 2. It's most notably for, was it Kyle in the comics? Yes. Kyle Rayner's girlfriend was killed and shoved into a fridge just for dark, dramatic storytelling. And it's often derided as one of the worst moments in comics of blatantly being like clickbait before clickbait. Um, I agree. Fridging is just the worst of, hey, I advocate for more character deaths in movies. But they've got to mean something. And some a lot of times with fridging, it's, all right, we don't know what to do. Kill the girlfriend. She was dead weight anyway. Let's go. Sherlock Holmes 2, A Game of Shadows, killing off Rachel McAdams, which 
Never kill off Rachel McAdams. You keep Rachel McAdams in your franchise until time runs out. And even then, Doctor Strange can make sure that time does not run out to keep <laughs> Rachel McAdams in your universe. Because Rachel McAdams needs to be in all universes. But no! My last trope. My job. And this podcast. Has me working in front of computer screens. Most all the day. You know what you can't do on a computer screen? You can't zoom in and enhance. Looking at you, freaking CSI, when you're just like, all right, we need to go down to the forensics department. All right, we got a, we got a picture of his license plate. It's a little blurry. Zoom in and enhance that. That's not, that does not exist. And even if it does exist someday, it's not going to exist in the early 2000s Dick Wolf era of Law and Order SVU garbage. Like, that technology does not exist. That's a freaking deus ex machina. That's not how technology works. Stop making people... I can't tell you how many times I've had this in my actual life of people will be like, oh, that's a blurry picture. Well, you can fix that, right? No! That's not how life works. Just because you gave me this blurry picture off Facebook, Janice, doesn't mean I can make it suddenly an 8K resolution picture for us to put up on the church bulletin. That's oddly specific, and there's no Janice that I can think of. But no, just because I know a little bit of tech, I can't zoom in and enhance your stupid video or your picture. That technology does not exist. I hate when they use it in movies and TV. It doesn't, it's, I know it's supposed to be fictional, but it hurts me. It hurts <laughs> me, people. Don't go to your IT guy and go, well, this picture came out a little blurry, or it's a little out of focus. Can you, can you change that? You watch too much CSI because you're too scared of the real world. Watching your Law and Order, your CSI, your NCIS, uh, SPD, SVU, what? What did they have that show on like Adult Swim that was like all the acronyms like twenty? Yes. I forget what that was. I hate zoom in and enhance so much. I don't know what started that trend, but it needs to stop. That technology does not exist. It's a writer's cheat code of going, well, I don't know how to give these people the information that they need. So we're going to just make up this fictional technology, just like hacking in movies they're just like all right guys it's gonna take me a while to hack into the pentagon all right i'm in like that's i'm in hold on let me hack into the mainframe all right i'm I'm in in. like Like, that's not how hacking works guys. y'all not watch mr robot like come on now god dude i just i'm with you though because like (laughs) i just like i i see like i have vivid memories of episodes of bones and stuff like okay zoom in all right enhance clarify the picture yeah They're like no that's not you no like oh, it's 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 one thing to be it's it's one of the reasons like, i i kind of give like Blade Runner for uh, 2049 a little grace is when they're like using the microscope to but look at. But that's set in 2049. You, you, exactly. It's way in the future and they're looking on like a microscopic level. Sure. I'll, whatever. It's I'll not like the early it. days of CSI when they're watching stuff on mini DV tapes or VCR. Like <laughs> sure. Let's improve your freaking 360p resolution video and turn it into 8k 360 VR vision like come on now just 
this is clearly written by someone that doesn't actually do the videos for your shows, people. You're just being a lazy writer. The only time I was okay with fake technology was in Will Ferrell's The Other Guys, when they're like, he created this app that take a picture of the back of somebody's head and they can show you the face. I'm going, that doesn't make sense, but it's clearly being played up for laughs, so that's yeah. actually funny. That's a good way to... Sub that's making fun <laughs> of the zoom and enhance trope, and I love it for that. It's just... Technology in general is, is hilarious. But, you know, no, 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 Nate. We've always had that kind of technology. That's why the moon landing was faked. Yes, the government we is hiding zoom and enhance from us. <laughs> or else then I'm we would know the moon landing was fake because then we can zoom in and enhance those pictures. <laughs> it's on a soundstage. And you guys know how good CGI is, but they just faked that. They got Stanley Obviously. Kubrick to direct the moon landing. That's why exactly. Danny Torrance is wearing a spaceship shirt in The Shining. <laughs> Exactly. See, we figured it out. We've cracked the code. Zoom in, enhance that. Big brain. <laughs> big old big forehead equals big brain. Bigger forehead than Sheen and Jimmy Neutron in that one episode. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I don't want to talk about that. I used to be able to do like the perfect Sheen voice when I was like, my voice is cracking and everything. Behold, I, my rare ultimate limited edition <laughs> Ultra Lord. So rare, no one's even seen it outside of the box. Well, how do you even know what's in there? Ha ha! Yeah! <laughs> oh, dude. Talking right. about big foreheads. <laughs> well, what do you guys think? What are some of the worst movie cliches or tropes that you see in movies that you just get sick of? Whether it's the zoom in and enhance, the just dropping knowledge left and right, the ugly duckling. Do you like the ugly duckling trope? Let me know in the comments below. If you haven't already, subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or YouTube. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube at Uncharted Media. Help us get to 700 subscribers before the end of the year so that we, we, we that way we can talk about Darth Jar Jar, much to my chagrin. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.